0: Listening to the Loving BDSM Podcast, Episode 281. Okay, the Lord's here with the one, the only, the guy who said I turned everything on correctly because that was being helpful, and I really appreciate that because I am a service sub at heart. John Brownstone,
1: you did a fine job, girl, and yeah, I appreciate yeah. it because I needed the extra time.
0: I know, and I thank you. Also, if you hear that rumbling noise in the background, it's either the storm or it's my stomach uh, today, or the fan. It's, or it's all three. Today, we're finally doing an episode. I've said we need to do many, many times, uh, but we're finally doing it today. And today, it's going to be about a vulnerability, the importance of vulnerability mm-hmm. and power exchange. Welcome to the Loving BDSM podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Tuesday and Friday for your kinky pleasure and education. And show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at Loving BDSM, on FetLife at Loving BDSM PC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, <laughs> Loving DS, and the number one that's at Loving DS1, or on YouTube at YouTube.com Loving BDSM, where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. All links are in the show notes. A big shout out and thank you to our kinky patrons over on Patreon. Uh, we are damn grateful for you. Yes, we are. Uh, Consider this, uh, if you are one of our kinky patrons, your monthly reminder that the um, monthly live Q&A that we do just for our patrons is coming up this Saturday, September 4th. 2 p.m. Eastern. If you are not currently one of our King patrons, you can uh, join for as little as two dollars a month. Uh, come join the the Cool Kids Club and get to uh, partake of the live Q&A this Saturday. Just go to patreoncom Killalords. That's patreoncom Killalords or use the link in the show notes. Okay, so uh, I would like to say that. For this week, I have no announcements. Um, <laughs> we well, used them all up. I used them all up in August. The if there's <laughs> anything, it's that yes, the uh, August giveaway, podcast anniversary giveaway, is closed and ended. You cannot enter anymore. Um, and within the next several days, I will click some magic buttons on the system we use, and two winners will be figured out. And then I will be contacting them through. Um, email uh, by early part of next week, Monday's what, September 6th, by around that time, I should have contacted folks. And if you did not get an email, please check your spam because we tend to go to e- to spam to drunk and all that. So um, we will be doing that. We will be figuring out the winners. And then also the other thing is that um, next week, the same week of September 6th with Labor Day here in the States, um, we are taking our quarterly break. There will still be a mini-sode because I already scheduled that to go out. There will still be, I think, a blog post because I'll schedule that to go out, but there will be no Wednesday live stream or Friday podcast episode um, because we make those and put those out pretty much immediately. And we're not doing that during our break. And we can't do that ahead of time. So if you don't see us next week, that is why we will be doing other things, but this will not be one of them. So <laughs> that's all I got for um, quote announcements. So let's get into the topic. And I, I had high hopes when I put this on our calendar because it's been on our calendar for like six weeks now, two mm-hmm. months almost. Um, I was gonna go back and reread all of my Brene Brown books so that I could like really like sink my teeth into um, how she talks about vulnerability, which is what informs my understanding of vulnerability. Okay. Um, and I've read those books. I've already read them once. I've watched several of her videos, her TED Talks and stuff multiple times, but I didn't have time to reread those books. So I then went, let's just do a down and dirty reminder of how, uh, how she defines us, how she talks about it so that I feel more informed when we talk about it through a power exchange lens. Mm -hmm. And so I went down the rabbit hole of Brene Brown videos on the day before recording. The one I will link to in both the description box on YouTube and in the show notes page for podcast listeners is like the one that started out all. It's the power of vulnerability. It's a Ted talk she did back in 2011. Um, I don't remember when I watched it, but I remember watching it and feeling like, like I could almost literally feel my mind expand (laughs) as I saw the world and myself in it in a new way. Um, Not everybody resonates with Brene Brown like that and that's fine, Um, but my willingness and ability to be vulnerable in interpersonal relationships, specifically power exchange, um, was informed in part by the the way she talks about vulnerability and the importance of vulnerability, um, and I, um, I feel like the things she talks about are are bigger than just this one conversation. But if you just start in a small place, then it can grow from leaps and bounds. I also think um, that. Um, how did I want to put this? There was a way that I've been thinking about this where not everybody agrees with Brene Brown and that's fine. Not everybody resonates with her and that's fine. I do deeply. And I think that the core of what she's saying is, feels right to me. And so that's where this Mm -hmm. is coming from. I've so stumbled through that. I'm going to blame the lack of caffeine in my system. I haven't had enough of my Americano yet. so. What I wanted to do in the beginning is talk about what vulnerability is in the way that I learned about the concept from Brené Brown, okay? Okay? And then once we kind of are on an even footing about what are we talking about when we say vulnerability, then get into the, but let's talk about that through Power Exchange. So when Brene Brown talks about vulnerability, she actually talks about it as part and parcel and, and a a thing to do with shame. So there's a lot of conversations about shame in her material when you're talking about vulnerability, which Shame plays a huge part in everybody's lives and especially power exchange. How many of us have you know, felt ashamed of our kinks, felt ashamed mm-hmm. of our desires, were shamed when we shared our kinks and desires with somebody else like that is all too common. So the shame part, while it may not be the main topic of today's conversation, is still there because shame and vulnerability tend to go hand in hand. Because True. when you feel shame, you are afraid to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you are vulnerable with somebody, you are then made to feel shame. And so you can't have one without the other in some circumstances. But the um, the conversation about vulnerability starts with what makes us human. And that is our ability to connect our desire to connect to one another. Shame, according to Brene Brown, is a fear of disconnection, but what allows Mm -hmm. us to connect with others in a broad amount of ways, every way you can imagine, is vulnerability, our ability to be vulnerable. So what she um, says about vulnerability is that at its core is shame, fear, and the struggle for worthiness. You know, when you get the bad side of vulnerability, where vulnerability backfires on you and or you refuse to be vulnerable, that is the kind of the cost Mm -hmm. of that. But when you embrace vulnerability, she says that that's the birthplace of joy, love, belonging, creativity, and innovation. And all of those things in their own way, to me, absolutely Hmm. have a place in power exchange. The creativity to reimagine your relationship in a way that fits you and your desires and those of your partner that is completely different from anybody else's that required vulnerability the innovation to take a household item and turn it into a kink toy you had to be willing to be vulnerable for at least a split second True. to try that out so i feel like yeah this all makes sense to me um she says, without vulnerability, you cannot create, you cannot make new things happen. You cannot connect to other people. You cannot have good, healthy relationships, power exchange or otherwise. Um, the uh, This is a funny statement on um, vulnerability because it's almost contradicts what a dominant is, but it says to live a life of vulnerability, to allow yourself to be vulnerable, you have to stop trying to control and predict everything that's happening around you, you kind of have to, maybe not completely live in a moment, but sort of live in a moment from moment to moment of, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be my authentic self here and what's gonna happen is gonna happen, as opposed to what many of us do, high, including me, where we go, I know what I want to happen and I know what I think will happen, so I'm gonna make all my actions center around what I'm trying to make happen yeah. instead of that off- authentic place of this is how I feel, this is who I am in this moment.
1: Well, I, I, and that does make sense uh, because, you know, let's face it, anybody who lives in the real world knows you cannot control everything. Um, right? Yeah,
0: no matter how much you might no, try. <laughs> no matter how
1: much you want to or, or try, it, it's just not possible. You know, there, there are things that are, are just totally out of our control and, you know, you have to accept that kinda like what what is that the um made me think when you first said that. Um I can't d I don't know. Or, I don't know or what maybe you're to. maybe it's not where, you know, um give me the power to change the things I can change. Oh yeah 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 there's that you know, prayer and, of sorts. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah and you know the the power to know the difference the between the difference between the
0: things I can't I, power to change what I can, the ability to accept what I can't, and then the understanding to know the difference between the two. Yes. We have butchered that for people who actually yeah. know it. We and know I, we've butchered I it. I
1: apologize. It, it. It's been a long time, but that kind of, yeah, that's what kind of came to mind in that.
0: And it's funny because I a lot of these principles of vulnerability are overlap with principles of other things in life. Mm-hmm. So there's a, you know... Not trying to, stop trying to control and predict things, you know, helps you stop being, you know, helps you be more empathetic, helps you like tend to have a better outcome in life. It's not just about vulnerability, it's about other parts of your life. So there's other things, literally y'all, I the um, video people on YouTube can see, this is my page of notes, yeah, okay. And that's not everything, that was just a 120 minute video, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> so when we are vulnerable, what um, in And it's a positive experience because sometimes we're vulnerable and it's mm-hmm. not a positive experience. Um, what she says is that we allow ourselves to be seen. I cannot think of anything more imperative to a healthy, sustainable power exchange experience than allowing yourself to be seen as who you are. Um, in this, if we're talking about love, whether it's platonic or romantic, she talks about it as loving with your whole heart without guarantees, which yes, does leave you open to being hurt. That's what what it means to be vulnerable is that sometimes it's going to work out and sometimes it's not, but the the beauty is in and the the thing that will help you hopefully have a better life, be a better person, whatever, whatever is that willingness to go back in and be vulnerable again, um to practice gratitude and joy. I the moment I'm writing this down, I'm like gratitude Yes, that's a huge part to us of power exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, the ability to beat, to show your gratitude towards your partner or just life in general and the things that are coming to you that are good, i that makes sense that that's a, that takes vulnerability. For you to sure. say to me, thank you for doing this thing, for me to say, good job, daddy, thank you for beating my ass, you know, it seems like <laughs> a small thing. And when you're in a relationship where you're super comfortable with one another, mm-hmm. it's not it's it's almost second nature at this point but that very first time of doing it especially when you're still new in a relationship you're still building that rapport and that trust it can feel a little vulnerable because you're not quite sure what reaction you're going to get you don't know if it's quote the right thing to do there's always the possibility you'll make a mistake which is also the point of vulnerability you're opening yourself up and and showing the real you on on certain levels and there's always the possibility that it will go wrong and that the thing about people who allow themselves to live in their vulnerability where appropriate is that they they know that and they do it anyway. Um, and that um, when we are happy and we've been vulnerable in a way that's worked out and we've created those connections, we believe we're enough. Is there always room for improvement? Is there always room for change and growth? Of course, but at our yeah. core, who I am is enough. And so with the right person, I can show them who I am and they will accept me that means a good outcome we're moving forward in this relationship they will not and i will move on I'll, my feelings will be hurt i'll be heartbroken but also i'll be okay within myself because i know that i'm enough but people who can be vulnerable more easily and allow themselves to be vulnerable already have that internal according to Brené Brown that internal sense of i'm enough with who i am mm. and i you know i think back to myself 20 years ago no. Could I be vulnerable with a partner? I was. I married a person, had two children with him, and tried to grow a life, and it did not work out. And did I try to be vulnerable? Yeah. And it did not work out. But because I lacked some of these other things, like believing that I, as a human, who I am is enough, that didn't, like, I internalized those things, the the bad things so badly that then it was hard to be vulnerable again. I didn't want to mm-hmm. be vulnerable with anybody.
1: And that's, And that's... I think the hard part about allowing yourself to be vulnerable because it is very easy to internalize that. And the thought of opening up to someone, you know, you're looking at fear of rejection, mm-hmm. um, judgment. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, especially in kink. Holy yeah. shit, especially in King.
1: Exactly. So, you know, those are kind of tough things to step over. Mm-hmm.
0: For sure. And the one thing that I don't even think it got said, it didn't get said in the main video that I watched, and I, but I know it's been said in several of her books and it was said in other videos because I was reminded of it, is that we have to choose carefully who we're vulnerable with. Not everybody deserves our full authentic selves. Not everybody. True. And the way, you know, Brene Brown and others tend to talk about it outside of a, a kink aspect, they're talking about our shame stories. They're talking about these moments where we really fucked up or we just need somebody who can listen to us and be there for us in an empathetic way. And yeah, I, I think in terms of, but yeah, even in relationships, even in the, the way we interact with one another on ways that are meant to be positive, like a mutual desire for kink and power exchange. Not everybody <laughs> uh, is worthy of that authentic part of ourselves. And sometimes we don't learn that until we are mm-hmm. vulnerable and we tell them the thing and they react horribly. I think back to your story about your ex-wife, about when you were yeah. tr- ex- figuring out you were kinky and you're like, hey, do you wanna, you wanna try this with me? Do we wanna do something about this? She absolutely shamed you, like just mm-hmm. cut you to the core. And yet in the moment, it. It makes sense to me that your first thought was that maybe this isn't the relationship with me, because that's not how we tend to think of those things. You were in this relationship, you wanted it to work. And so your first thought was not, wow, she's really wrong for that. Your first thought, it's a bit of, it's the shame part of yeah. when vulnerability goes wrong of, I have to change myself. I have to hide myself. I'm not good mm-hmm, enough and mm-hmm. I've done something wrong. So, I would now, from the vantage point of all these years later, and knowing what life can be when you are free to be your full, authentic self with the right people, my question to you is if you, knowing what you know now, if mm-hmm. you found yourself in a situation like that, would you more do you think you'd more readily go, okay, there's nothing wrong with me, it's this relationship that's not right?
1: I think so, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: And most of us, that's not the first place we go. We immediately go, I have to correct something about me because we that's when you hit that shame part. Mm-hmm. Um, but in knowing, you know, if you internalize the idea of the importance of being vulnerable in any relationship, but all power exchange, then what I would love for to happen for people, even though I know it's really hard and I'm not perfect at it either, is that if you take those baby steps of, I think I can be vulnerable with this person. I think I can tell them I'm submissive, I'm dominant. Here's what I need, here's what I want. And if they don't react well and they shame you for it and they tell you how gross and awful you are, they make you feel bad about it. And what you walk away with is thinking you have to hide yourself and you can't be yourself. I want people to start thinking shifting that thinking of, wait, I was vulnerable with that person. This is who I really am. And I own who I really am. That means they are not the person for me. This is not who I should be engaging in this with. That's not where most of us start from though. We just, we just don't. And that's not just power exchange, that's everything. Um, so a couple other things, and then I want to get into specific vulnerability in power exchange, like specific moments where the vulnerability is really clear. Mm-hmm. Um, When, Because I want people to think about this for themselves and uh, think think about it on your partner's behalf, but like I've said in other episodes, please do not go around diagnosing your partner and deciding this is what they're going through, even if something resonates and you're like, yeah, I think my partner does that. So when we are actively avoiding vulnerability Mm -hmm. and on all kinds of levels, uh, Brene Brown says there are certain things that we do instead of letting ourselves sit with that vulnerable feeling, instead of opening ourselves up, instead of whatever it is, one, we try to numb our feelings. As an emotional eater, (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm Mm. a feeling number from way the fuck back. When it gets uncomfortable, I want the bad feeling to go away. And so I'm like, you know what would make that bad feeling go away? Carbs, carbs would make that bad (laughs) feeling go away. So there's, yeah, if you're trying to avoid vulnerability, numbing your feelings is common. Trying Mm -hmm. to make the uncertain, certain. The things, trying to turn things that are nuanced and subjective and whatever into this is how it is. And here's what I was thinking about specific to power exchange. Think about all those folks who are like, there's one true way, there's one, one right way. This is the way to do power exchange in BDSM. And and many, if you've been here for a hot minute, you know, hopefully you believe, like we do, that what they're saying is this is the one way I know to do it. And so I've decided this is the way, but it's really just the way for me. But I'm, I'm curious for those people. They're, it's literally what they're trying to do. They're trying to make something that's really big and nebulous and can never truly be defined in a single way because every individual will have a different experience of power exchange and BDSM. And they're trying to make that uncertainty very certain mm. and very strict. And I'm not saying it's just a fear of vulnerability or a, a, a avoidance of vulnerability that's causing it. I have a feeling that would be just like one teeny tiny sliver of a bigger like shit Pie, but <laughs> of things they need to work on. Yeah. But that is exactly that was the first thing I I thought of. All those times people try to very concretely prescribe exactly what power exchange is, exactly what BDSM is, even though that doesn't fit other for other people, and they they will almost like go toe to toe, go to battle with you over. No, this is what it is, and that's yeah. They're trying to make something that's not quite certain very certain in their mm-hmm. mind. Because to be vulnerable is to open yourself up to the idea that I don't I don't know it all. I don't even know it all for me. This could change. I might want something different. They might we might mm-hmm. do something different and nothing is certain.
1: Well, I, I and there you go. Nothing is certain. I, I think as um, a whole, you know, most people um, like some kind of certainty mm-hmm. in their life. They're, you know, I mean, even myself and and you, you know, we both are people who tend to uh, fall into routines very easily. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And with allowing yourself to be vulnerable, it is like a deep sea of uncertainty.
0: Oh, gosh, yeah, because you don't don't know what's happening next the moment you go there. And that's in good ways and in bad ways.
1: Mm -hmm. Because when we
0: get to the part where I've thought about all the times that, I can clearly see this is a moment of vulnerability and power exchange. You yeah. really don't know what's happening next because there's so many things that can't be predicted feelings, emotions, reactions, you know, mm-hmm. just all kinds of stuff. Um, another thing we do when we're avoiding vulnerability is we try to perfect ourselves or the people around us or the situation. We want everything to be perfect. So, one thing I thought of. And I don't, again, I don't think the answer to somebody doing this is always, it's just a vulnerability issue. I think that is part and parcel of lots of other things going on at the same time. But I think about kinksters, and my experience tends to track mostly with submissives, who are trying to be the, quote, perfect submissive, the perfect dom, the perfect Mm -hmm. partner. And they think they're supposed to do a set amount of things in a specific way, in a specific order and be a specific type of person. And then they will be perfect. And then they will be loved. <laughs> and not only does that not work out at all, all they are is a hot mess by the end of it. Mm-hmm. But if I, and I get it because when I think back to those times, I avoided vulnerability. I avoided being fully myself and feeling fully myself with this, in this case, in a power exchange with a partner. I was just trying to do everything quote right. I'm a perfectionist from way back and I hate the idea of making a mistake on all levels of my life. I am perfectionism does tend to get linked to anxiety and yes, I have that too. And so I get it, but part of that is because if you can be seen making a mistake, if you can have an oopsie, if you can goof, if you quote don't do things exactly right in the right way, air quotes around all of that, then that means you've done it wrong and wrong is bad. And instead of doing it differently, it's just different. Sometimes it comes out wrong. Sometimes it's a mistake, Mm -hmm. but that's just an opportunity to grow and learn. Um, Or you discover that your one way is not the only way. We go back to that thing in kink of the true way, the right way, the one way to do kink. If it's not trying to make the uncertain certain, it's trying to perfect something. All of it leads Mm -hmm. to... I don't want to have to show you exactly who I am. I don't wanna have to change. I don't wanna have to sit with squishy, weird feelings. I know this one way to do the thing and that must be the right way to do it because it's the way I know how to do it. Instead of, let me make myself vulnerable. Let me open myself up a little bit. Even Mm -hmm. if it's on a solo path of, opening yourself up a little bit to just new ideas and new ways of doing things and exploring concepts on your own. It's not always even within your power exchange relationship. You can do this when you're single and it is very possible to close yourself off from that vulnerability of potential change and growth and exploring new feelings about things by just deciding there's a single way to do it and then trying to perfect that as a way to avoid vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And then um, the, the last one in this, when we're avoiding vulnerability, is to pretend, and the in um, the way Brene Brown talked about it is that what we do doesn't affect others. Um, my mind immediately went to DOMs who do the whole. I can do what I want because I'm the dom and that's how this works. And it doesn't matter what you, the submissive want. Now, first of all, that'll piss me off in a hot fucking minute. (laughs) But also, and again, I don't think it's just a lack of willingness to be vulnerable or a fear of vulnerability. I think it's a lot of other things, (laughs) many of which can be very toxic, but in there is somebody who is, who, thinks that they can do what they want and there are no repercussions for that. That what they do for them only affects them and in power exchange specifically, that is never true. If you're doing something with another human being, what you do absolutely has a direct impact and effect on them. And if you can't be willing to understand that and see that, then nothing else you do is going to probably end up well or be good because on even a most basic human level, there's a lack of vulnerability because there's a lack Mm -hmm. of empathy. And vulnerability and empathy go hand in hand. We did the episode on empathy. Um, Let me see. So um, the other things, the last thing I wanna say about specific on the idea of vulnerability, and I really hope I'm adding enough power exchange examples in here for this to actually be a meaningful thing. Um, What Brene Brown said when she was learning about the idea of vulnerability and shame and whatever, is that when she did her research, she found that people fell into two camps, generally. People who feel that they are worthy of love and belonging and people who don't. And she said the only difference between those two groups, based on her research, is that the people who have a sense of worthiness and feel that they deserve to um, belong and are worthy of love the only difference between them and the people who don't feel that way is that they believe that they are worthy of that. And when she then dug down to it, that's when we get into vulnerability. But what she said was those people who believe they deserve love, that they are worthy of belonging, that they are worthy of the things that they have in life and that they want in life and all that stuff. Here is what she said about them. They have the courage to be imperfect, which I have, I'm working on y'all, I'm just working on. Um, they have compassion to be kind to themselves and to others. They create connection by letting go mm-hmm. of who they thought they should be to become who they actually are. And part of the reason this Makes hits sense. so fucking hard is because over time, through a lot of personal growth, a lot of introspection, a lot of a lot of a lot of things, this is where I feel like I'm working towards. And specifically within Power Exchange, I can be this way with you mm-hmm. because you allow me to be this way with you.
1: Well, and also because I, I proved to you I could be a safe space for you.
0: Yes, and that's the thing about vulnerability. It's We go back to that idea of being vulnerable with the person who deserves to, ha- to see your vulnerable side, the person who's worthy of it, because you allow me to be that. You accept me for who I am regardless, which means I can be who I am, even when it's messy, even when it's imperfect, mm-hmm. even when I say the wrong thing, because you know that if I fuck it all up, it's not coming from a place of malice. You know it's a legit mistake and I will do my best to correct it. But that in general, I'm not making as many mistakes as I fear that I will. I'm just being my perfectly imperfect, messy self. And you happen to like resonate with that weird chick deep down (laughs) somewhere inside of me. Um, And so I think that um, the the willingness to be vulnerable, it has to come from within. It has to come from you first. You have to be willing to take that step. But I think that there's something to be said for also feeling safe to be vulnerable, to to know or to believe or to hope that you have a person in front of you, a partner, Power Exchange is where we're at on this one, mm-hmm. somebody in your life where you're like, I can, I can be exactly who I am and I will still be accepted at the end of the day. Um, and, In power exchange, while power exchange and people who are in power exchange have a lot of different types of relationships and not everybody has a long-term partner that they want to like grow old with or that is their main partner. And this is the person who gets the majority of their love and affection, whether that's romantic or platonic. In the moment of power exchange, even if it's a temporary thing, even if you navigate multiple power exchanges, whatever, in that moment with that person in that space, you should feel safe to be your vulnerable self in the way that will allow you to get the power exchange thing you're both trying to accomplish, whether that's a scene or it's a dynamic or it's a a long lasting relationship or whatever it is. If you do not feel safe to be your vulnerable self, then how can you have a good outcome? because it might not be your full broad spectrum of vulnerability like you get from me. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. that's a little bit like the um, light of the sun hitting you in the face
1: sometimes.
0: (laughs) But even if it's just the sliver of the vulnerability it takes for somebody to say, I'm submissive and here's what I want in this power exchange. I'm dominant and here are the kinks that I need to to explore to feel fulfilled. Even if it's just that part of who you are, you have, there has to be room for that vulnerability or how the hell do you move Mm -hmm. forward? Because until you can say, this is who I am. And this is what I want. You then cannot negotiate what those limits and those activities will be talk about limits and boundaries, establish safety protocols, work out how you're going to do and when you're going to do it. Like if you can't even feel safe enough to say, hi, this is me. And this is what I want. And that does take some level of vulnerability. Then you got nothing. So True. the ability, the willingness, I should say, because I think the ability to be vulnerable, is a bit of a learned skill in that because we have to unlearn all the things we were taught by others, whether observation or direct action of the things that make us feel ashamed and the things that make us not wanna be vulnerable. We do have to work through that and unlearn that. But if we can open ourselves up just enough and learn the skill of vulnerability to be vulnerable in our power exchange in that moment, under those parameters, then we're gonna have a better outcome. Yeah, And in a perfect world, if you have a person that you can be vulnerable with in your power exchange, even if they're not your power exchange partner, but they support you and are like, go forth and do your kinky thing and I'll still be here at home waiting on you. And you can be vulnerable in other ways. You know, when people talk about how happy we are, how, how easy our relationship seems, how well our communication works, how fun we are, how cute we are, like pick your word for us, whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What I realize is that while there are a lot of factors that go into that and compatibility mm-hmm. is definitely a big part, our ability to be vulnerable with one another is what drives that. True. Because we each get to show up to this relationship and as our full, unadulterated, wacko cells. <laughs> Good, <laughs> bad, otherwise. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and so in that sense, if that's the aim that you have as a long-term power exchange partner, to me, that, that's who they need to be. Somebody you can show up as your full yeah. selves to. If it's more of a um, a casual thing or a temporary thing, or you've got multiple partners you're juggling, it, to me, it's more of a show up in the vulnerability that allows the power exchange to work and you to be a happy, healthy human being. You absolutely still get boundaries and privacy and not everything has to be shared. But at least in the circumstances that will make that power exchange work, you have to be able to be vulnerable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um. Let's actually get into the specific and this is not all of them. These are just the ones I jotted down while I went down the R- Brene R- Brown rabbit
1: hole. Here we go. Here we go, folks.
0: <laughs> the different times when vulnerability is to me very obvious. Uh in Power Exchange, in BDSM, in a scene, whatever. So the very first one is just admitting your kinky. So go hmm. back go back to when um you were still married mm-hmm. and you in the, I don't even remember the details of how you kind of went, hi, this is me, I'm kinky. Do you remember how you felt right before you did it?
1: Scared as hell.
0: Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. vulnerability is scary.
1: Scared as hell. When you don't know. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's scary as hell when you don't know how they'll react. And I also think it's probably scary as hell when you're pretty sure you know how they're going to react, but you feel like it's important that you have to say it anyway. Mm-hmm. You have to put it out there anyway. Um when you got the reaction you got, which was totally shame-filled and awful, and then we got a repeat of that reaction when we were outed uh, a, mm-hmm. few, so, a, couple, a few years ago yeah. by that same person, by the way. Um, that one was easier to avoid. It was like, mute them, block them, don't go online yeah. to see it, but this was face-to-face. So you were terrified to admit that you were kinky. Mm-hmm. You got the awful reaction, which is what many people fear. And then what was your response after that? Like, how did you feel and what did you do once you realized that this was, they were not, not only not into it, they were yeah. not supportive.
1: Um, at my initial reaction was, well, okay, maybe there is something wrong with me.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's what happens when we feel that sense of shame and, it, mm-hmm. and we don't have any way to work through it in a positive way right away. It was, okay, I was already a little weirded out by this. It was, in your case, you were really admitting it for the first time. Yeah. Then you got the reaction that we all fear that we'll get.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then because you didn't have a support system, a community, you didn't even have enough knowledge yet. Okay, let me hide it away. Yeah. And then what I love about this is I love it when when my points get made for me and I feel like I'm proving right. (laughs) They're not my theories, they're not my ideas or concepts. Mm -hmm. What you push down and try to shove in a corner will come out. What you oppress comes out. And it is in your nature to be kinky. It is in your nature to be in a power exchange. It's what for both of us, it's what makes a relationship feel kind of right, like whole. Um, And so eventually it came out anyway, but now you were sneaking around, you were hiding it, you were keeping secrets. So when it all came out uh, through the divorce and then later when we were outed, you know, her sense of outrage was kind of justified. You'd had to hide things and lie, Yeah. but also you did not have a place where you could be your authentic self. And that's where I go back Very to what true. I said at the top. If you are in a situation where you cannot be your authentic self with that person and they're supposed to be like your life partner in some way, what the fuck are we doing there? Because how do you get to move forward and grow and, and come at life Absolutely. with a, here's who I am, take me or leave me, I, I am who I am. And ever learn how to feel comfortable in who you are as a person, if you are with a person who literally is like hide that away, that thing about you is evil and wrong and awful. Like, n- like w- no, what are we doing mm-hmm. now? Since then, because that's like the extreme, that's like the the kind of worst case worst fear case scenario, most of us have.
1: so to speak. Yeah.
0: Let's fast forward. You and I met, by, we were very open online at that point. Mm-hmm. I'm submissive. You're dominant. To me, it's why if I'm gonna meet people to form those kinds of relationships with. I'm just gonna say it up front. And if you reject me for that, that's about you. That's not about me. Please self-select your way out the fucking door. <laughs> so we didn't have to go through that. We just put it out there, take it or leave it. But once we got together, cause we talked about having bad tapes before, the things right. that play in your mind and you react to today's situation as if that person is your former partner who made you feel like shit. You've admitted kinks to me, you've admitted, you've. I mean, you've said it out here openly, so I feel like we can talk about it. You've admitted your sexuality to me. yeah. And because we have the kind of relationship where you get to be your open, true, honest, authentic self, I reacted to you the way I react to when my kids tell me something that is about their authentic self. I go, okay. But when I had not the reaction you had once had, how did that make you feel when it came full circle and you were vulnerable in the same way with a different person, with a different outcome?
1: Um, it, it was a, a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the reason, well, there were a couple reasons behind it, um, especially early on being upfront about my sexuality, um, you know, it was it was kind of a test mm, yeah so to speak yep um you know and because i i figured you know i i, I need you need to know this mm-hmm. and, and it's
0: important to you
1: and it yeah it it's important to me so you know i, I kind of needed to see your your reaction um you know especially because even in the lifestyle, there were some people who.
0: Hell yeah, judging people exist everywhere. Yeah, even in the places you know, they
1: should not e- be. Even in even in the lifestyle, when they found out about my sexuality, they were like. Uh, no. Right. Mi- Stay away. Our
0: preconceptions we have, <coughs> our own internalized shame about what we think that means, misunderstand yeah. like all kinds of reasons why that happens. It's still wrong, but there's reasons for it.
1: So, you know, I I needed to know your reaction, and if it was going to be a bad one, I needed to know sooner than later.
0: Yes. Yes. I, I think that's where people who learn the, the obvious, quote, lesson, let's put an air quote around the word, it's not a good lesson to learn, but we learn it, mm-hmm. of I was vulnerable once, and it didn't work out and I felt shame and I'm still working through that. And now I'm afraid to be vulnerable with this person where, and I understand that response and I have been there and I've had that response. I have come around to a point now where assuming my vulnerability with you, like telling you this thing about me does not like invade my privacy or give me a sense of, of feeling unsafe. That's an important distinction to make. But like, if I'm talking to a potential partner, I'm gonna tell you what you're about to get because I'm gonna be vulnerable in that way because I need you to let me see who you really are. Mm -hmm. I need to know if you can handle this about me because I would rather know before we get into it. Right, And we can like, okay, go on, have have a nice Mm -hmm. life. Nice to have met you for these 30 seconds. And I can move forward rather than hide a thing about me, not say it, be nervous and worried, which is only going to, to interfere with how I behave within this relationship or this interaction anyway. And then the longer you go without saying it, the harder it is to say. Then when you do say it, now you've been together for a while. Now you feel invested in this situation. Now maybe you've made it seem like you're one person when you're really another, and everything's just harder. And I know how, as somebody with trust issues that make my internal walls six feet thick, I get how hard that is. And there is absolutely the Is this a safe person to tell Is this this is about my personal safety? That's a different thing. Mm -hmm. But if it's not, if that's not our consideration, just put it out there. Tell them who the fuck you are in the first moment and let them show their colors. Let them be who they are. And sometimes who they are is somebody you, that was not gonna work. Let's not waste anybody's time. And sometimes they present a good face and you find out later it still wasn't right, but at least you're, In my mind, the way I look at it is at least, you know who I am, you know who you're dealing with. I'm not hiding this shit. I don't don't want to, and I don't have to. So that's how I kind of approach that now. But I can do Mm -hmm. that now because I've been safe to be who I am and be vulnerable. And so I've learned that, I've relearned those skills. The next one where vulnerability really, really, really hits hard and people really struggle with it in power exchange is we're past the admitting you're kinky. Everybody in the, the, the conversation knows what they are in kink. Now it's asking for what you want. It's admitting a kink, maybe that you haven't admitted before. Maybe it's just saying, going beyond the labels. You know, you said, I'm dominant, I'm submissive, I'm a switch, I'm a this, I'm a that. Okay, well, what does that mean? And now you have to open yourself up to say, this is what I think it means to me. While also, even if you don't say it, because sometimes we don't know it at first, I'm telling you, recognize what you think it means today. It may change and shift over time, but you're, saying, "Here's who you already know who I am, here's what I want. Here's what I wanna try with you. Here's what I wanna experience. Here's what I wanna explore. That can be scary. That can absolutely be scary. One, Mm -hmm. maybe you're about to find out your kinks don't align. Two, just like a vanilla person might shame you for being kinky, another kink person can easily shame for the kink you have. You wanna do this thing that they personally don't like. If they don't know how to respond without Appearing very judgmental, then now you get to sit in a, a, a pool of shame because you are made to feel bad about this thing that you like. You opened yourself up and were vulnerable, and they did not. Mm-hmm.
1: It,
0: it is okay to not like a kink somebody's asking for. I, I would like the rest of us, all of us, including myself, to learn how to go okay, well, that's not really my thing, but, and only on the inside go, oh my God, that's awful. Because when somebody is willing to be vulnerable with you and go, I would really like you to drag me through the mud, roll me in cow manure, and then pee on me. Look, kink is not my kink, okay? <laughs> I would not want that. Um, if what you do is go, oh my God, that's so goddamn gross. When they just opened up to you, you, they're closed off now or they're fighting. Mm-hmm. Now they're angry because they're hurt because they feel ashamed. You can say all of that in your mind. <laughs> it's okay to have that reaction, <laughs> but maybe not to the person who was just vulnerable to you because it can be really hard to say, I would like this thing, especially When you're new in your kink or you're new in the relationship, one, you don't know how the other person's going to respond. True. Two, for new kinksters, you're already in the process of unlearning anything that you were taught by society, culture, and former relationships about what's, quote, acceptable in sex and relationships, depending on how you approach power exchange. And now you might only want to say, look, I would really like to wear a collar and be led around on a leash. Like, that might be all you're trying to say, but if that's the first kinky thing you've ever asked for, that's hard and so whether mm-hmm. it's a small thing or a big thing the way we receive that information when somebody's being vulnerable with us is really important and yes it's okay if that's not your thing or you think it's no big deal that would be another thing if i came to you as a little little baby submissive and i was like um i would really like to have a collar around my neck and i, I this is so hard to say but the idea of a leash just really like turns me on and and that is as far as i got and your reaction was to go That's all. That's nothing. I now feel like shit Mm
1: -hmm. because
0: I've been terrified to say it and you've just dismissed it as a nothing.
1: Diminished it. Yeah.
0: Yes. So to admit what you want in your kink relationship or your power exchange or your scene is an act of vulnerability. The way we receive that information and respond to that information Mm -hmm. plays a part in how willing that person is to be vulnerable with us again. Right. Like we can, without even thinking about it, without even, without a a nefarious thought in our mind, we can actively shame somebody without, and we would never, if you told me I was doing that, I would feel awful. But because I'm not handling with care this moment of vulnerability, I'm not seeing it for what it is, that is exactly what can happen, even through the best of intentions. Hmm. Um, Have you ever had a moment when you're asking for like, Actually, negotiating the thing. Hey, I want to do this thing where you have that feeling of, oh, I feel kind of vulnerable right now. This is kind of hard. Hard to say. I know. It, well, we realized the other day he's been in kink for twenty five years. now. <laughs> um. <laughs> so some of his memories might be a little fuzzy.
1: <laughs> Early on, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, at that point, I was still fairly new and, you know, there, I mean, even now, as as safe as I feel with you mm-hmm. um, for what we have in our relationship, I mean, you, you even know yourself, there are times you have to drag stuff out of me.
0: I know. I'm like, why are you not just telling me? I'll... I'll unintentionally shame (laughs) you
1: for not talking that's not good either
0: (laughs) i'm working on
1: it okay yeah (laughs) so i mean you know there even after all this time there's still that that little bit of thing Mm -hmm. but you know early on absolutely um you know, because you're like, well, you know, what is this per? You, you, you still have that thought of what is this person going to think? What are they going to, you know. Are they going
0: to see me differently? Are they going to treat mm-hmm, me differently? Mm-hmm. Is this the moment when I finally say the thing that makes them go, oh, my God, that's awful. And Yeah. They, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, now it's kind of come to the point where it, it is much easier, I think, because now I've. Yeah, I've been in the lifestyle long enough to realize there is such a broad spectrum of kink. You know, not everything is going to be what I like. Not everything is going to be what you like, mm-hmm. you know, and that's okay. There, there's nothing wrong with that. So, you know, in that aspect, it has become easier. Mm-hmm. Earlier on, oh, yeah, there, there was definitely mm-hmm. that, that feeling. The
0: thing is on any of these that we're going through to be vulnerable is to a certain extent to take a leap of faith. You have to kind of hold your breath for a second, be brave just long enough to get the words out of your mouth Mm -hmm. or on paper or share them in whatever way you're going to share them. And then you can stop being brave. It's out there at that point. And then at that point, it's what happens next that then lets you know, can I be, is it safe to be vulnerable again? Is this the right person to be vulnerable with? Um, And that I think is why we talk so much about the need for building trust and having integrity Mm -hmm. and all of the sort of the, the standards we set for ourselves within a power exchange relationship, because if you can be that kind of person to your partner, then they are better able to take the leap of faith and tell you the real thing, to be vulnerable with you, to open up and show their authentic self. But if you walk around judgy and like kind of an asshole about shit and not thinking of the other person and not having empathy and kind of not caring what's going Mm -hmm. on with them, then how do you ever make it so that they can tell you that really kinky thing that they've maybe never said out loud before in their whole fucking life? This is where being... The kind of person who's worthy of somebody's submission or somebody's dominance or somebody's, you know to be their partner—that's what you're allowing. That's what you're creating. Is the space for them to be brave enough, just long enough, to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one in vulnerability—it's mm. not just say asking for what you want, which we've just covered. It's telling your partner what you don't want. I think of yeah. submissives in this perspective simply because one, I'm a submissive, and two. I know of many submissives who will go along with something their dom wants or does and they won't say for it out or they won't go, no, I don't like that. Or they won't put mm-hmm. up that boundary because they're afraid of make upsetting their dominant or they think that it makes them less submissive or they're worried that the relationship will go off the rails. Ultimately, they're afraid. It's a lot of things. It's not just a, a an inability to be vulnerable. But the thing that has to happen is they have to be vulnerable enough to go, to have that space to go, I don't like that, which means then you might have to deal with somebody else's displeasure, but that goes back to, if you are on the receiving end of that, if somebody is being vulnerable with you like that, then you have to learn how to react in a way that makes sure that they don't feel a sense of shame because you've just had a really big negative reaction. Again, it goes back to what I was just saying though, you have to be a person worthy of that moment of vulnerability Mm -hmm. that they think that they can trust to say, I don't like that thing. I don't wanna do that thing. Because especially from, again, from the submissive perspective, there's a lot of fear of disappointing a dominant partner and of being not the partner that they wanted or not being the quote perfect submissive or whatever it is, whatever self-talk somebody has. And so too many people on that side of the slash, will go along with shit they don't like, they don't want, because they're afraid of a, a outcome if they say something and they just admit that they don't like this, um, or they've been fed the bullshit that whatever a dom wants is what happens, and that a submissive doesn't actually get a say. Which I, you know, I think maybe we need to do an episode on um, building up your bullshit meter so that you can tell when something is bullshit. Uh, And it feels like bullshit and sounds like bullshit and smells like bullshit. It's bullshit is what I'm saying. Um, You and I are fairly aligned on our kinks. Do you remember Mm -hmm. the last time you had to kind of go, yeah, no, I don't like that thing. I don't want to do that thing. We're pretty. I'm usually the one going red, hail. Yeah. You're,
1: you're, you're more along the lines of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Because most if not all of my hard limits are in line with you. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I really can't. Mm-hmm. And
0: here's the thing, I just realized what I did when I was telling you that I, I don't have that memory of having to tell you I didn't like something because I'm over here just saying it. Red, no, I don't want that. That's the power of having a relationship where you can show up as your full authentic self. I can, I, there is no, let me look deep into your eyes, hold your hands and tell you how serious. I can just go, no, and I I don't have that fear. Mm -hmm. I don't have that, oh my gosh, how's he gonna respond? Because you've shown me that you are the type of person who will honor that and you will listen to that and I don't have to fight you on it. I don't have to convince you of anything. If I tell you, "Uh uh-uh, I don't want that, Uh uh-uh, I don't like that, you go, okay. And we move on and we move forward. Now, in that mm-hmm. conversation about one partner not wanting something that maybe you thought you'd try or that you want, it's to remember that there are so many other ways to explore kink and power exchange sure. together that just because you knock one thing off the list doesn't mean there's not a laundry list of shit to try next. So you're, you know, I can understand the disappointment somebody feels and I think the disappointment is fine to feel but how do you respond in that disappointment without making your partner feel ashamed that they even told you this? Because you need them to tell you this if you would like to continue forth with your power exchange.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, here's one, vulnerability. Because it's vulnerability in humanity, but I'm putting it under the power exchange umbrella. Okay. When you admit that you're wrong, mm. and that's any dynamic, any type of kinkster, any part of the slash doesn't matter, admitting you are wrong. Yeah. Just in general. but exchange
1: and see that that to me yeah that that's a tough one Mm -hmm. and it really shouldn't be because you know especially as as a dominant as a big d you know you have accountability for your actions should yeah supposed to (laughs) better (laughs) um you know and and Yeah, it's it's kind of tough to say those words, you know. Oh Oh, gosh, I I was. Yeah, I know you do. (laughs) You hate it worse than I do. But you know, saying you know, oh my gosh, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. It's not the end of the world.
0: No. And again, it's what creates that space where the next time the other person can say it. Mm-hmm. It's where it creates a space where you can learn and grow from a moment. To yeah. to admit being wrong takes vulnerability because it's hard, it's mm-hmm. difficult. Somebody might be really upset with you. Somebody might make you feel ashamed. Maybe somebody in the past has made you feel ashamed. And so now that's actually what you're coming up against. But from a, from my perspective with you, one with my trust issues, two is the submissive who cedes a lot of control over things that outside of power exchange, I would not have to. It tells me that you are safe to trust with that power. It tells me you are safe to trust with how I feel about things, Mm -hmm. how I see things, who I am, my body, my person, my mind, myself, like All parts of me are safe with you because when you get it wrong, you don't bluster, you don't bullshit, you don't hide it, you don't deflect, you don't make it my fault. You just fucking own it. And you don't know how I'm gonna respond. Hopefully after all these years, you know how I'm gonna respond, which is mostly, depending on what it was, I'll go, yeah, I know. Or, and I'll go, it's okay. Even when it's not, technically okay. The way I respond to you is to to offer you reassurance that we, what is okay when I say it's okay, is that the relationship is okay. We Mm -hmm. are okay. I might still be mad at you. I might be mad at the situation, Mm -hmm. but everything is gonna be okay. Now that might not always be true. And there have been, I can think of one, maybe two times where you had to come tell me you were wrong about something. And it was big enough that I could not say that right away. Not because I didn't think yeah. the relationship was was gonna be fine. I thought it was, but we had a thing to work through. Um, so, yeah, I, and I I get it. It's especially if you've lived a previous life like most of us have, where being wrong is like the worst thing you can be. That's I say this as a, a trying to reform myself perfectionist. Making a mistake and being wrong causes me physical pain. It's mental pain, I know that, but it, mm-hmm. it translates physically in my body. I will do anything I can to actively avoid it. It is why I am over-prepared, I'm an over-explainer, and I'm an over-fucking-achiever, okay? So I get <laughs> how difficult it is to admit that you're wrong because you don't wanna be wrong in the first place.
1: Yeah,
0: To admit it is to show that you are human. I think it's mm-hmm. it's important in any dynamic, any relationship, any role that you have in any relationship. In a power exchange, I think it is extremely powerful when a dominant can say, I done fucked up, I was wrong. Uh, it is important for both sides, by the way, submissives, feel free. But I've seen more submissives fall all over themselves to admit wrongdoing when they weren't wrong, more so than I've seen dominance. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, There are those dominants out there who think they don't have to apologize because of their role in their fucking title. Fuck you in the horse you rode in on. Um, but it's a moment of connection. If it's something you can work through, if it's not something you can work through, hopefully you can, if it's done, if the you're vulnerable with each other and there's no shame piled on top of it, you can walk away going, I learned something from that. And what I learned is one, I can be wrong Two, not to do that in the the future. And three, I can be vulnerable with a partner and the world is not in. So yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot
1: to it. There is.
0: Okay. So next last on my list. And Mm -hmm. then of course, if there's anything that you can think of that I haven't mentioned, you're very, very vulnerable, very vulnerable in either a scene or in a very power exchangey kind of moment. And some of these will, will, the intensity of that vulnerability is gonna shift depending on the moment. When you look deep in my eyes and give me the Dom look and give me the Dom voice, and I feel myself just melting into submissive whatever, Mm -hmm. that's a very vulnerable moment. For Makes me, sense. Does, yeah. I don't know what it feels like for you, but for me, I feel very vulnerable because one, I can feel you taking the control mm-hmm. that I have consensually given. Two, I don't know what's gonna happen next, even if I think <laughs> what's gonna happen. Um, and three, to be my submissive self is to is a very vulnerable part of who I am because mm-hmm. it's very much an inner part of who I am. Not everybody gets that part of me at all. And it is a part of me that actively gives up control over a lot of things. And so I have to kind of go with the flow of a moment, unless I'm going to say for it out. And that is a, it's it's a soul bearing kind of moment, even if it's just a blip, mm. even if it's minor and it's not this big, serious, like power exchangey kind of moment. I, I, even on a small level, it's it's very like, I feel my chest has opened up in, the light is pouring out, like you can see into my soul because I'm at my most submissive yeah. moment.
1: For me in that moment, you know, say take, you know, going into a scene for me, at least, and I don't know if anybody else feels this way, for me, the vulnerability comes afterwards.
0: Mm, okay,
1: okay. All right. see for you, it's when I give you that look and, and you know, we're, we're, heading, we're, we're heading into a scene,
0: even when we're mid scene and you're doing a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: For me, mm-hmm. that comes afterwards.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Because it's kind of like, you know, oh my gosh, I've done all these things. I I've done this stuff. You know, was it was it really okay? Was it, you know, that that's why for me you know, even talking about aftercare, I need to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, Daddy, I enjoyed that. You know, yes, sir, you you did some wonderful things. Mm-hmm. Because I need that at that at that point, I need that um, validation? That, that validation, that reinforcement.
0: Mm-hmm. To go, you did a good thing. Yeah, you were not actually committing assault. On your right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> this was consensual. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
0: I, I, you know, I would be very curious to hear from people who, who've who had through the uh, Dom lens and or a submissive lens when you feel that vulnerability. I feel it, I do feel it either in the moment when I can feel the power exchange kind of settle over us because mm-hmm. it's always with us, but there are moments when it's just.
1: Just kind of s- snaps to attention. Yeah, yeah like yeah, it comes yeah. into
0: focus in a way mm-hmm. that the rest of the time it's, it's there, we're living in it, but right. then your voice changes. And when we're in a scene. And for me, it is about the loss of control. That is when I'm vulnerable. So I feel it in a scene because you are now in charge of whatever. And the only way I can take back control is to verbally say a thing or give a signal or whatever we've set up. So I would be curious to hear from other submissives and Doms or people who've been in those roles. Do you feel vulnerable in your power exchange moment or in your scene? And when does that vulnerability hit for you? Mm -hmm. It would be interesting. Is it a little bit, what I'm thinking of is subspace versus dom space, subspace is a floaty, typically a floaty, airy, not focused sensation, mm-hmm. Where, whereas for many people in dom space, it's a hyper-focused sensation. Yeah. It's a, 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 um, opposite. two sides of the same coin kind of thing. It's polar opposites, it's the extremes float or focus. In this case, vulnerability during versus vulnerability After. afterwards. And of course there's no universal experience with no. this. So I wouldn't expect every sub to go, oh yes. And every don to go to that. But I, I would be very curious if, <laughs> if you've ever, if you think back to those moments or if you've ever been aware of it in the moment, did you feel, when did you feel vulnerable? If you felt vulnerable. It, I notice the vulnerability more either when we're doing a, a new to us scene or it's just been a long time. I promise you the first time we ever get to go back to um, the dungeon,
1: yeah.
0: uh, I will feel vulnerable in that scene because it'll have been so long, so long. It'll almost feel new again. Yeah. Um, I don't feel that, I don't consciously feel that vulnerability when you just do a baby girl or you like, give me a look, but there are those times where you go into your dom mode, gets me into my sub mode and the rest of the world sort of falls away and I don't notice it. Like it's not just floating within the rest of our day. And that's when I feel it. So I don't feel it all the time. I don't feel it every time. Um, but it, it does, yeah, the loss of, and I think that makes sense because if, if vulnerability, if part of vulnerability is showing up as your authentic self and putting your authentic self front and forward and here I am, mess and all, from my perspective and my experience as a submissive, I have to do that too, but also within the confines of here's what I know that we do within our power exchange, what we've negotiated. And so I'm gonna be my rawest submissive self because that's what you're gonna demand of me because you're gonna do something specifically to get a reaction that you want, whether it's a thing I say, a way I, a a sensation, a a noise or whatever, and I am, I have no way of knowing what's coming, only that Mm -hmm. I'm gonna react and I'm gonna react in a very real way that because I can be vulnerable with you, I'm not gonna put on a front, I'm not gonna pretend. The worst scenes, the worst moments we've ever had in our power exchange or our kink scene is when I'm trying to control my reaction when I'm trying to control that you're, I don't know what you're gonna do, but I'm like, I will not cry out. I will not do this. I will not do that. And I'm I'm closing that vulnerability a little off. Mm-hmm. And then it's not a good scene. I actually, the pain is worse. The the sensations are harder to bear. But when I just open myself up and go, I, I'm gonna react the way I'm gonna react. And I don't know what that's gonna be. I actually sink into the moment better. And then, mm-hmm. then it's a better outcome,
1: which yeah.
0: again, I don't know if other people have that experience or have paid attention in your scenes to know that about yourself, but I would be interested if anybody can relate <laughs> because I think that's the power of vulnerability is connection and authenticity and being true to ourselves and, mm-hmm. and feeling that sense of belonging and connection and worthiness and love that we are all owed and do. And we, sh- we all deserve, but we have to believe we deserve it, which is part of the Brene Brown thing. Um, so there's that there's the ability to to find partners that are actually suitable for us that we want to be with and then to form these relationships, whatever they look like for us individually um, and as couples and pairs and whatever, Um, there's that. But then as kinksters, there's then the actual physical and emotional experience of power exchange that if you shut yourself off from vulnerability, I just don't see how you have, even a good experience with that. You might have a not bad experience. You might go, that felt really good. But how much better would it be if you can open yourself up and allow yourself to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. even to the point where you just have authentic reactions? You just like, however, you respond is how you respond because that's what's being brought out in you. And you're not trying to create a persona or force anything or be what others expect you to be. Like, that's the worst thing any. How many of us as kingsters? before we were like, I'm a kinky person and I'm going to live this kinky life, whatever that means for you. We were trying to fit ourselves into the mold of the vanilla world. And just for those of us whose kink life is our sex life, good Lord. I mean, the cultural and societal expectations of what sex is in the non-kink world for even for vanillas can be very fucking stifling. Mm. So like, just um, think about what it felt like when you opened yourself up to be exactly who you were. Even when things were bad, they still were usually, hopefully, better than what they had before. That's that's the power of vulnerability, mm-hmm. being who you really are with the person or people who are the right ones to be that way with, who deserve your vulnerability. Like things just start to flow a little bit more naturally. Doesn't mean bad things mm-hmm. don't happen, of course they do, but just you just navigate them better and it's, things become easier. You know, I, I, t- I tend to feel kind of guilty because I know people are out there struggling with bad partners and bad scenes and bad information and, you know, new to kink and unlearning a lot of things. And I am still working on all of this. I still struggle to be vulnerable. I might understand the concept that actually makes it worse because I can go, I can actually go, you are not being vulnerable and here's why, and here's all the information you know. Mm-hmm. But if, when people say y'all have it so good, y'all make this look easy, it's not. No. <laughs> but also, the fact that we found each found a partner that we can be vulnerable with does make it easier because even when it's bad, we can work through it. Even when it's not easy we know or feel like we know who the other is and we can just say what we gotta say and be who we are and work through it the fuck together because neither of us is trying to be something we're not for the other person. Neither of us is trying to live up to false expectations that we think the other person has of us. We are just who we are and we are fortunate that the partner we have in each other accepts that. That is what we all Mm -hmm. deserve, is at least one person in your life, especially your power exchange life, who accepts you completely and whole, not parts of you, not bits of you, exactly who you are. And you might not always be compatible in all things. They might not be the only partner you have. They might not be able to fulfill all of your needs, but if you can come to that interaction as your full self, I just, it's, the struggles are, have less of a constraint. Like. The struggles are the struggles, but then when you add in the layer of, I've got to pretend to be somebody I'm not, I can't be vulnerable, you've just made the struggle that's already difficult ten times more difficult. Like, you've added a weight to them that you then have to navigate through. And and that's what I mean when I say sometimes it looks easy. It's not, but we don't have the added weight no, of that.
1: No, it, it's it's not. I mean, it's it's work. It is. You it know, is. We, we put in a lot of work. You know, let's say, you know, you get the... um snapshot whether you listen to a podcast or you're watching you know the youtube of seeing an hour hour and a half out of our life each week mm-hmm. you know but what the work that goes into maintaining and, and keeping the relationship behind that it's work it, it doesn't come easy and you know one other thing i, I just wanted to add um you know, and this, this was something that took me a while to kind of understand is, you know, when you open up and allow yourself to be vulnerable to somebody and, you know, yeah, you, there is always the potential of, of, of someone putting shame on it, you know, judging. But I, I think one of the things that took me a long time to understand is that when someone does that, it's not you.
0: No. No. It, you it know, says it, much more about them
1: mm-hmm. than that's about you. Yeah, you know, and and that took me a long time. I still struggle to, with that. You know, are there times I still yeah, I still have some problems with it. But, you know, knowing that has made made it, yeah. Um, you know, a little clearer, a little easier.
0: Yeah, if you can internalize the idea that I'm gonna be who I am, imperfect. I'm gonna have to apologize. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna fuck it up. I'm gonna you know, have to correct myself, but I'm gonna be who I am. Yeah. And if the other person reacts badly, their reaction has nothing to do with me. And part that some of that comes from, and I'm sure there's other reasons that people who actually study the mind and emotions and all that can yeah. explain better than me. But some part of that comes from a sense of shame we have. Somebody somebody has taught us that, we've internalized that somewhere along the way where we go, I'm not good enough. This this thing about me is wrong. This thing about me is bad. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it right. Like whatever, whatever that feeling is. And when somebody reacts negatively, hey, I'm kinky, right? And you're trying to tell your partner that you hopefully can move forward and kink with, or they'll at least just be accepting of it. And they say, "Oh my God, you're disgusting. You're gross. You're a deviant. You're an abuser. You're like pick all the words that get used about kink, right?" Part of responding as if, "Oh my gosh, that's about me, and what they said is about me, and that's right," comes from somewhere our own internalized feeling of, "Of yeah, they're right." But when you can, and it is hard, and I'm not good at it yet, I'm not even gonna act like I'm good at it yet. But when you can look at that and go, "Wait." that's not about me. That's about how they see that and how they feel about it and their own sense of shame or anger Mm -hmm, or whatever, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever. It doesn't make it hurt any less, but the pain is not coming from shame. The pain is coming from the disconnect and oh, I thought this was a person I could say this to, I could be vulnerable with. One thing I wanna kind of leave us with, this is a massive topic. And the week before a break, we always accidentally <laughs> go long, so I don't feel bad about it for once. Um, but I want to—I want to leave this conversation on this note because this is—we a we could keep going for hours. There'd be something oh, else yeah. to say. Um, this comes from the whole Brene Brown idea of it, and like I said, I linked to the the major video that started me on all of this. Before, you know, I read several books from the library, then I bought books. I want to buy more books. Uh, I've watched several videos. So I'm starting you with the one video and if you it resonates, there's a rabbit hole to go down. So I don't remember if it came from this video or it was others. But when it comes to um, vulnerability, and of course we're talking about the power exchange, um, the thing about being vulnerable is that it can create deep real connections, not the surface level, not the bullshit ones that we all have those connections. Those are not the people we tell our deepest, darkest secrets to, I hope. Um, But being vulnerable means you have the courage to stand alone, Mm -hmm. also you show up and you are seen in your whole authentic self. But the thing about who to be vulnerable with, and this is the part that I I want us to all remember because I think this gets forgotten sometimes, is that we need to share that vulnerability, whatever that is, our story, our shame, our fears, are kinks, are you gonna be my Dom, are you gonna be my sub, that kind of stuff. You share with the people who have earned the right to hear your story. Now, when mm-hmm. Brene Brown talks about it, she talks about the bad stuff that we feel ashamed about. I'm talking about something that's not anything to be ashamed about, ashamed about, but people feel shame about BDSM and kink and power exchange and the fact that they don't want a relationship that their mom can understand or whatever it is, right? Um, the, whoever you share that with, consensually, like. We've talked about it before getting outed. That's I didn't choose to share that with the people who then got to, felt they got to have opinions on shit. Um, but when you open up, make sure it's somebody who has earned the right yeah. for your vulnerability. Which means it goes back to my really boring stuff that we've talked about many many times of uh, get to know them first. Each of you needs to earn the other's trust. Be a person of integrity, be a person worthy of sharing those vulnerable moments with. Start small with just admitting you're kinky or whatever. And if they can't even respond, I don't mean like a long-term partner, but yeah, maybe. But even in the dating world, if they can't respond well to the small truths about you, I'm submissive, you know, on a dating app, or I'm into kink, even if you just keep it like that surface level and they can't respond well to that, they definitely don't deserve the rest of it. Um, yeah, I th- it means that relationships tend to grow more slowly, and you connect with people more slowly. And a lot of people don't like that because of the the word I hate patience. We're very <laughs> many of us are very impatient people. But I think it can create stronger bonds and better outcomes, and a lot less you know, bruised and battered hearts left mm-hmm. <laughs> on the trail out there of, you know, trying to navigate finding the right partner for you. That doesn't mean you never admit anything or you make somebody go through like a 15 point background check first. I mean, you can as somebody with trust issues. I support that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get that some people are, are willing to be more vulnerable more quickly. And so I'm all about testing like you did with with me. Let me say the small thing and if you can mm-hmm. handle it well then maybe we can move forward and I can tell you big things. Right. That's fine too. But just remember that when when you are vulnerable with somebody and they end up being the wrong person to have been vulnerable with. That says more about them than it does about you and then go forward the next time going no 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 no, no. I'm going to wait for the person who has earned the right to know me on this level. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I oh. I could say so. I love. I love. First of all, I love mm-hmm. Brene Brown. I just love listening to her talk. Uh, my southern accent comes out more the longer I hear her talk, and the longer she does a speech from ten years ago or a podcast episode from a week ago. Her Texas drawl comes out, and then my Mississippi North Florida drawl comes out, and I can't help myself. Mm-hmm. I resonate a lot with her. Her books. I've, I think I've got three of them, two or three of them. She's got tons. I want them all. I do not <laughs> have the budget to have them all. Um, and, and I remember watching The Power of Vulnerability, the video that's linked in the places, mm-hmm. and my mind kind of going, Boo. And then I did not, in an academic, active way, go, okay, I'm in this power exchange, here's my checklist, and we're gonna be vulnerable in this, like, I didn't do any of that shit. But when I realized it works, and we work, and I mm-hmm. look back and I have to piece it together, especially when I rewatched the video yesterday, I was like, holy shit, that's all we've been doing. We didn't know that's what we were doing. That's what we've been mm. doing. And it's just willing. We are safe to be vulnerable with, we've earned that right with each other. And then once we've started, it is actually very hard for us to turn that off. There are times that yeah. happens. There are absolutely times it happens. And man, we get into the biggest arguments because mm-hmm. we know when the other one has cut us off. We yeah. know we can feel that disconnect and it is, The I don't want to tell you what's wrong with me. I don't want to admit that I'm upset. I'm pulling away from everybody, including you. And I'm over here going, no, no, the fuck I'm not. (laughs) Get
1: your ass back here. Please and thank you
0: in my submissive voice. Um, (laughs) I have grown so used to being open and vulnerable with you that I, I can't cut myself off most of the time. It is a physical pain to create that disconnect. You and you're just, the way you handle emotions and stuff you do it less than you used to, but, oh, you still do it. Yeah, and I do. And I, I, I do. come with a grappling hook, mm-hmm. and I, like, yank you back. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think learning how to be vulnerable fixes everything. I don't think that all of a relation's problems are just, oh, they can't be vulnerable with each other. Like, nah, that, no, that's too simplistic Mm-mm. of a thing. It's only
1: one piece of the puzzle.
0: Yeah, and in some cases, it's a very small piece, and in some cases, it's going to be a very big piece. But I think that if this resonates with you and um, you explore it further and you figure out, is the person you're with the right person to be vulnerable with? Are you? Is that part of your problem is you, you're not comfortable with vulnerability and why that might be and blah, blah, blah. I think it can, if it doesn't help this particular relationship, it can be part of what going forward helps in the future. There'll be a lot of other things. And quite frankly, once you start digging in deep about maybe why you struggle with vulnerability, a lot of other shit will probably pop up mm. that might need to be dealt with, um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that okay. was long, and we still have a bonus section. And I am not yeah. skipping the bonus section this week because I won't huh. be without everybody for until the like. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, yeah. Oh, All right. I, I
0: know. I know. Um, if you uh have thoughts, feels, watch the video, or are aware of Brene Brown and like like it brings up stuff or questions or whatever, feel free, like contact us in the places. I'm really slow about responding, especially during my week (laughs) off, but uh, I try to respond or I take it in and it becomes another episode or topic to discuss at at some point. Um, Cause yeah, it's, it's a, it's a big topic. Yes. But I think I'm going to stop now so we can do the bonus section, even though I want to keep going cause I love this fucking topic.
1: (laughs) It's good, you did good girl you did good
0: finally it's off the list okay
1: okay so are we good
0: i don't know it's not for me to decide
1: keep, keep it, it kinky, kinky y'all
0: and we will see you not next week but the week after. dotty yes girl can i talk to the crickets please and thank you
1: Hmm. You want to talk to the crickets. Please, 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 hmm. please, Now, I know what some people would do for a Klondike bar.
0: Oh, I'll do some sketchy what? shit for a Klondike bar.
1: So what would you do to talk to the crickets?
0: Sketchier shit. <laughs> <laughs> but not on camera because I'd like to still have a YouTube video when we get back from our break. Thanks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> talk to the crickets, girl. Okay.
0: Um... Oh, I am so afraid we did not do that topic justice. And also, I hope we did, but also it makes me want to dive into my Brene Brown books and read more. And also sometimes I'm reminded that I should have continued to study psychology and maybe even sociology beyond when I did in college, because if you can't tell, I clearly have a love and fascination with it. (sighs) Ah, um. I'm very glad we got this uh, topic finally done um, because I have I have been wanting to do it for ages. Um, I feel like there was something I was gonna say. What
1: would that be? And
0: I forgot. <laughs> um, I don't know. I am at a, a loss and you're walking around, which distracts me. And now I'm no longer grounded to the moment and the place because JB is wandering as he usually does. Um, so will we miss y'all next week? Yes, yes we will. Are we still grateful to be taking our break? Yes, yes we are. Uh, this break that we're taking is the last until we get all the way through Christmas. And then every year we take two, two weeks off, the week of Christmas, the week of new year. Um, Just in general, I don't, I won't even schedule anything. I'll be like, psh, total hiatus. Um, And we anticipate having a very busy end of the year, hopefully, fingers crossed. So. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm, it's gonna, I'm gonna need the two weeks at the end of the year, but I'm gonna take my week now and be very happy about it. Thank you. Um, I could have sworn there were some things I wanted to say that were like flashing around in my mind. I was like, oh, make sure to say that. And I have forgotten. Um, the, uh, the live chat for this episode, I couldn't keep up with it because I can't, I can't do two things at once. I've finally learned to admit that about myself. Um, the live stream chat, for those of you on the podcast who are like, I hope to one day make make it to a live stream or why would I go to a live stream? Uh, it was really, really good. There were some deep conversations to the point that I saw, um, I think it's Tayshu was like, oh, we've had such good conversation in the live chat. I guess I'll have to listen to the podcast this week. Um, So that was really cool to kind of see, even though I could not follow any of it, was not even gonna try. Um, So, oh, oh, I know what I wanted to tell y'all because I'm both laughing about it and rolling my eyes. I would like to clarify in case there's any confusion. I don't think there is, I think y'all get it. But when I call, COVID, the plague. That's a joke. I know that it's a pandemic and I know there's a difference between a plague and a pandemic. Why am I telling you this? Because apparently somebody assumed that I did not know the difference and uh, decided to comment, to educate me on the difference between a plague and a pandemic today I'm a little salty about it. I know you're shocked by that, but also I rolled my eyes and also I laughed. And also I just looked at JB and went, what? I also did not comment on it cause I don't, and I'm not gonna, I got shit to do. But I will take a moment to uh, express my annoyance <laughs> 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 that somebody literally gave me. And it looked like a copy paste, like out of I don't know, Wikipedia or, or somewhere dictionary, what the difference between a plague and a pandemic is. So when I say plague, it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so um, there uh, there, is some, there was something, I was gonna chit chat about something, it's gone. I do have a bad headache. <laughs> it did not go away from the start of this recording. To now I, I got focused on something else and so therefore did not notice it. The headache is still there. Um, what have you got? Because all I'm doing is umming into the microphone, but I don't want to go. But I feel like I should. we should stop talking if we have nothing to say.
1: Well, I, I, I got up and wandered. I wanted to make sure we hadn't landed on the yellow brick road. It got awful dark outside. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it started raining this morning at about 7 o'clock and pretty much has not stopped all day. Uh, it's been one of those uh, we'll have a huge downpour. And then it'll just turn into a light rain, and then it'll pick up a little heavier, then it lightens up again, and just, it's been doing that all day.
0: It's kind of cozy. It's making it hard to work, because it's like, this is good, curl up on the couch, either watch something, read something, Mm do something. Why do I have to work? Oh, that's right, because I want to take next week off. I want you to be proud of me. In preparation for next week, Yeah, there are two things I've already crossed off my list of, I don't have to do that. Why why did I try to do that? Look at me learning shit. Uh, Eva asked in the live stream chat if we have any big plans for our next week. Other than we have, so it's going to sound like work. We have products that have come in that we need to actually try out and use so we can do reviews. But I'm calling that kinky fuckery. Right. So there will be kinky fuckery.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Otherwise, I know you're going to be in the shop. You're going to be in the shop, right? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm, Maybe I'll be in the shop. My plan is to cross stitch, quilt, and read. Not in that order, not just once. Mm. Here's the problem talking about curling up on the couch in this rainy weather. I have um, my my first, larger quote, larger size quilt. It's not large, but it's larger than a baby size quilt. It's larger than what I made for the cats and the dog. Um, it needs to be finished. I literally just need to put my quilt sandwich together and quilt mm-hmm. it all and bind it and I'm done. Um, it's gonna be a, like a lap quilt for the couch so when you're laying there and your toes get cold you got a quilt. There you go. And so every day I sit on the couch my toes get cold because the ceiling fan's pretty strong and I'm like I really need something to put um, over my legs and my feet right now. <laughs> oh it's waiting to be finished and I haven't touched it in about a month.
1: So uh, next week's your uh, I'm opportunity.
0: I'm, I'm sorry I may need to go to the craft store because I'm gonna need some quilt batting. Yeah look, I'm living my best crafting. I always say grandma yeah. life, not because only grandma's quilt or so, but it's, that's what my grandma did. <laughs> my grandma <laughs> quilted a lot. She didn't cross stitch. That's what my great grandmother did and what my aunt does, but she quilted, she crafted. She just, that's what she did in her retirement. And so in my mind, every time I'm like, I've got to, I want to sit down on the sewing machine. I want to sit down and do that. I feel like my grandma. Mm-hmm. I'm not disparaging, uh, one grandmas who don't craft Two people who are younger clearly than me who also craft i just think of my grandma and that's why i say i feel like i'm living my best grandma life
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well i i I don't have a lot going on um i was working out in the shop yesterday or so should i say attempting (laughs) to work out in the shop yesterday Oh yeah you had a very Um, frustrating uh i i had a number of, of paddles that i was looking forward to sitting down at the scroll saw and cutting out.
0: And I was looking forward to you making them and saying, look, I have yeah. my product.
1: And, um, you know, I, I enjoy sitting at the scroll saw. I, I found it it's kind of meditative to me a little bit. So I, I sat down and, and I noticed that the saw was acting a little funny and sounded a little funny. Mm-hmm. So I immediately turned it off and started investigating. Come to find out that, you know, the saw is what, maybe a month old?
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe.
1: Give or take. Um, brand new, out of the box, none of the bearings on the saw were greased.
0: And I don't know jack about any of that, and even I know that can't mm-hmm, be good.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I, I had to run out and buy a grease gun and tube grease and, and grease all the bearings
0: but then wait
1: yeah gets there's better. more <laughs> so I, I got that going and I, I did my things sat there and, and cut and and then generally the next step after that is is all I have a little mini router for some for these smaller paddles like I was working on and uh started routing the edges well I noticed all of a sudden one of the paddles that started cutting deeper and deeper and deeper. That's not right. I pulled the router up off of the wood and the router tip went flying off of the router into the grass.
0: Where it now lives.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yep.
0: It's made its home there.
1: Um, I was so frustrated I thought to myself, well I saw the general direction where it went. Sure. And I have a number of these like magnet bars that i oh, that's
0: why you had that out okay yeah okay. I was
1: like, what? um you know and i i have them s- mounted on the wall so i hang you know put tools on them so i'm like okay i'm gonna grab the magnetic bar and i'm gonna sweep the grass to try and uh find the tip <laughs>
0: just the tip yeah
1: just the tip <laughs> sometimes that's all you need Uh, no, (laughs) it, it, it lives there in the grass now. It, it's, it's gone. Um, with my luck, I'll probably find it with the mower. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, I don't want you finding
0: anything with the lawnmower because the last time you found something with the lawnmower, we had to get the lawnmower repair. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) No, Mr. Spock, you're absolutely right. And, and that is something I thought about. What Mr. Spock said was. Rather it flew off into the lawn than at me. You know, um, yeah, which is why anytime I'm using the router or anything like that, the open port is always facing away from me.
0: I'm Um, so glad you're so, like, uh, does anybody still say anal retentive? I used to, because I am. I'm glad you're so anal retentive about safety. I just
1: want to say that. If nobody says anymore, that's okay. I say it it, about myself. It kind of spawns from my days of when I had... My lawn maintenance business, sure. you know, yeah. you, spinning you,
0: blades will make you uh learn about safety and all that, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Very aware of, of moving things and machinery, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. So, but uh, yeah, that was kind of my day yesterday, I know. <laughs> and here's what's funny because look,
0: everything is content. I am my intention is to turn his uh bad day yesterday into content because I want to make an Instagram reel because, of course, I do, except it's raining so hard, I don't want to go out. <laughs> into the shop to get the footage to make the goddamn real. Because <laughs> I was asking him, I'm like, wait, you were telling me about the router thing. Am I, could I get a little bit of video of that? Would I be able to see? But he was like, no, I've already like put a new tip on. I'm like, well, fuck. Well, and oh, you've already greased the, but I can make content out of this. I need to be stopped. That is what
1: I'm saying. Down, girl. Down, down.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh. So, yeah, you had a you had a rough day. Yeah, I have been doing okay. I've just been like chugging away at my Mm -hmm, list. I've -hmm. been procrastinating here and there. I've been focusing here and there. We had some like stuff come up. We can report. You had a bit of a, a plague scare. Yeah. Got tested.
1: Mm hmm.
0: Negative we're yep. still watching just in case because we know symptoms blah blah, blah right. but we feel a lot better yeah negative
1: t- <laughs> I, negative I, I, test I, w- I was notified that somebody i was in contact with had uh tested positive
0: i'm just glad you got even got notified because
1: exactly. are so many
0: times people don't even get notified yeah. to be able to like do anything so
1: um you know it was about three four days after the fact so
0: what you said made sense i still contend that's fucked up. So there's a testing site really close to where we live there. I think they must just do like medical tests in general and they've mm-hmm. opened up to do COVID tests or whatever. Okay, yeah. fine. They say on their website, they say when they are talking to you, tw- you'll get results in 24 to 48 hours. Now mm-hmm. that sounds like a day to two days to me. That sounds like 24 to 48 hours, regardless of the day you get your test. And I think they're open seven days a week. You rightly called it and said, well, I did this on a Friday. I bet it's business days. And my point is, that's fine. I can handle business days. Fucking say business days because there is a big difference in context from 24 to 48 hours and one to two business days. Just tell me one to two business days. I'm fine with that. I can handle that. Don't tell me 24 to 48 hours. Over the weekend, I'm like, did... Did he give them the wrong, because I wasn't with him when he went to do all this. And normally I fill out all paperwork and I handle it. Like, did he put down the wrong phone number? Cause they're texting, your, you know, the link to get your results or whatever. Like, did he, did he accidentally like switch some numbers? Did like, is it may, is there maybe a site that they said you could go to and you could check if you don't get the text and he just forgot? Like, I, I was doubting you.
1: <laughs> mm, see?
0: Because they said, <laughs> That's what happens when you're the person in the relationship, in the life that handles all of the administrative stuff, because you learn over time, when you mess it up yourself, that sometimes you write down something wrong. <laughs> sometimes you don't see a detail and you learn to look for that stuff. I know I do. So you don't handle that stuff. And so of course I assumed you had, something had been fucked up. Hmm. No, I. Huh. there's a difference. 24 <laughs> to 48 hours sets a different expectation. If they just said one to two business days, it would have been fine. All I'm saying, that's all I'm saying.
1: The world according to Kayla.
0: I mean, if people just did what I wanted, <laughs> life would be a lot easier for me. Um, so yeah, we had that, Yeah, we had a family yeah. medical scare. My aunt was in the yeah. hospital for a few days. She does need surgery, but it's COVID times, it's the plague. Um, and because her need for surgery is not, it's not life or death right now, um, the, our local hospitals are almost out of oxygen, have no beds. This is national news. This is what's being said all over the country. Um, and so they're not scheduling any surgery, even necessary ones, and this one is a necessary one, until that clears up a little bit, which I, I get it. Like, I I hate it. It's We did this to ourselves, we, the general we. Um, but also I understand the decision. I'm just glad it's not life or death because mm. she already got shuttled around to different hospitals. She went to the emergency room and at her closest hospital, they didn't have beds for hours before they could um, put her, like actually admit her. My uncle couldn't be with her the whole time. That was actually COVID protocols. They're not allowing visitors. Then they were running tests and they realized she needed a neurologist, but they don't have one on staff. So they sent her to the bigger hospital in town They didn't have any beds. So she was stuck in the ER there for several hours before they finally got her in a room. She's supposed to actually be, she was supposed to be, before they knew everything, in ICU. There are no ICU beds. This is, like, I read about this in the news and my heart breaks for people who go through this. And then I was like, but oh, now it's actually happening to my family. And I'm even more pissed (laughs) off that that this is the state of affairs at this point. Um, She's, as fine as she's going to be. She needs the surgery. Hopefully she'll get the surgery in a few weeks, but that was going on at the same time. And there's all the other stuff that's just gone on over the past several months. And I just finally looked at JB and went, look, we had it really good for a really long time. I know this is the cycle. It's, it's our turn. It's our time. This is how life goes, but I just need the universe to like, tap the brakes for just five fucking minutes, okay? Yeah. Like I can't even like I don't even have the capacity yeah. to freak out over things anymore. I worry, I stress, like my whole body curls in on itself. But I don't have time to even cry about shit. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what next? What what do we have to worry about next? Thanks. It's all fine. It's all working out. Yeah. It'll, it'll be fine. Whatever happens, it'll be mm-hmm. fine. But that was yeah, I feel like we need the break more than we've needed the break because I just need a week to just like lay down for a minute yeah and maybe get some fuckery in oh so mm-hmm. yeah i mean then there's even the the not at all like life-saving things but are, are super important you need um your colonoscopy and you can't even get scheduled like you're scheduled for it in what november 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 and that of course that could be delayed if there's right. another spike it's like jesus Again, I know why, mm-hmm. I un- even understand why I'm not railing at the universe, but man, I feel like we just collectively as a society did this to
1: ourselves. I, I just feel bad and, and hats off to anybody who is a healthcare worker mm. that, that is, is yeah. you know, dealing with this and working through this. Um, you know, you, you are a hero. Oh, for doing yeah. what you are doing right now
0: yeah and also for the people who are leaving the healthcare field I don't fucking blame you yeah I don't blame you at all yeah so yeah there's been a lot mm-hmm. going on <laughs> and then in the middle of it I got some uh we and I got all kinds of uh ideas for what we do for a living and decided let's jump in on those as well. <laughs> can we stop the train? I just, I don't even need it to stop. I just need it to slow down a little bit.
1: Yeah. Like, you, you still haven't talked about your, cause I'm not ready yet. I know. I know.
0: <laughs> it will be of interest to like maybe three people, which is fine. I'm okay with that. We don't, you yeah. don't have to like everything I like. Of course not. But that, yeah, it's like, I'm not even talking about I am. <laughs> okay. All right. All
1: right.
0: So yeah. Uh, am I letting this go long? Are you letting okay. this go long? Because we know we won't talk to you next week. Yes. The last thing on our to-do list before we go on our break is our Patreon live Q and A yep, on Saturday. Saturday. And that feels appropriate. Uh-huh. Like that's how you end a sentence is, you know. There you
1: go, there you go.
0: Doing what we like to do, which is talk about kink with mm-hmm. people that, you know, with our community and we're doing it in our Patreon community. And that's, yeah. that's fun. Which means why you get extra of this. I mean, quite frankly, if you listen to that whole long spiel through vulnerability and you are still here at this point, damn. We love you. Uh, We do not want to marry you or have your babies, but we love you. Um, Yeah, this factory's closed. Oh, and and I got a new IUD. Yeah. In the middle of all that. And it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. No. Thank God. Hmm. And found out, so this is so much information. You're like, why are you telling us this? Because I'm an oversharer and y'all are my community. Okay.
1: <laughs> so the,
0: the, um, gynecologist that I went to is the, I'm going to get the initials wrong, but she's the nurse practitioner. The, I always say ARNP. I'm pretty sure that's wrong. Maybe that's right. I don't know that person. She's a nurse practitioner, which is fine. I don't, I don't mind that. And I agreed to see her cause I got in faster and she's, she's fine. We don't, We're not on the same wavelength. Like she's not like, I don't vibe with her in the way that I like to have a vibe, but she's nice. So she's fine. So for my IUD though, my insurance requires that the actual like medical doctor do it. Well, that doctor is like, she doesn't know it. We are in the same tribe of people because I heard her drop an F bomb before she even opened the door to come into the room to do the procedure. Then she sat down with me and talked me through it, which was fine. I've done this before. So, but we ch- chatted and she, we were joking and she got my jokes and she laughed. Like when she said, all I care about when, when I'm down here is that you don't kick me. I said, don't tickle me and I won't kick you. And she's like, if I'm tickling you down here, I think I'm doing something wrong. I said, I met my feet, like, cause my feet are down there by your head. But also I could see where that would be strange. I said, as long as you don't care if I drop an F-bomb. And she goes, hell no, I've got I've got a sailor's mouth. So then I'm with a doctor who's zhuzhing around in my <laughs> cervix and my uterus. And I'm getting to say fuck and not feel bad about it. And then when she left, we were all still laughing. And I went, I love you. I would actually remember to get my regular uh, checkups if I knew I was coming to see you. <laughs> <laughs> so.
1: All right. Anyway. Yeah.
0: I know I could keep going. You, I, I know
1: you could. I, know. I got things to do.
0: I So do I, right. I don't want to do them. I know. <laughs> <laughs> to do.
1: Um, you're, you're deflecting now.
0: I think maybe or, that's. What, I'm doing something. Yeah. I'm procrastinating.
1: Putting it off. Yeah. Oh yes, I'm mm-hmm. definitely doing that. Yeah.
0: Um. So yeah, thank y'all for being here to the bitterest bitter end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and listening to my gynecology stories. <laughs> Look, I'm here to normalize as much as I fucking can. Okay, so let's normalize <laughs> going to the damn gynecologist. Um. So yeah. Uh, we're going to go. Yeah. Uh, we will be back. We will be mm-hmm. out and about. There's a new video, a, a short video that'll come out. There's a short podcast episode that'll come out. There's a blog post that'll come out. We'll be around, but we just won't be live and in person until after our break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, we love you guys. We appreciate you. Yep. Thank you Thanks for, for joining your us. time, attention, um, community, all of that. Uh, And so we're going to go, even though it's really hard for me to say goodbye. We're going to go. Okay. We love you.
1: Bye. Bye.